It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in to Pin and Deep, Miles. Um, I don't know why I'm smiling. I think I'm just happy to see your face. Uh, not the not the happiest <laughs> week of all time. Um, pretty embarrassing, to be honest. But as always, I'm your host, Max Stuffy. I'm with Miles Butler. We are former specialists of the University of Kentucky. Um, Miles, I'll, I will start in a second, but just uh, very quickly, how are you and how's Nashville? Uh, Nashville's good as always. We've got DGX down here to my left. Uh, yeah. Always a good spot to people watch. Uh, went out yesterday and watched some of the games on Broadway. Had a good little Saturday. Got to see our favorite, uh, our favorite coach, Tristan Young. Um, they didn't, unfortunately, couldn't get the win yesterday, but Nashville's good. How's Lexington? A little bit of Sunday scaries. Lexington's been better. Lexington's been better. Look, Miles, what we'll do, we'll jump into it. Look, We'd like to have our usual pretty funny show, um, but as you can imagine, when you lose to Vandy um, after they've had 26 consecutive straight SEC games, it's probably not the greatest to just start off with a bunch of lighthearted jokes. So what I thought we would do is I'm going to break down what I think is going on with the program um, at the moment, just to recap. And it's more the program in general. It's not going to be just the Vanderbilt game. Um, there'll be bits of the Vanderbilt game, but it's just going to be the program in general. Then I'll throw to you miles you can challenge me and uh go on on your thoughts and but this is going to be a little bit of a rant so um sit back relax and then we'll get to some questions we're going to get to the twitter questions we'll get to the questions in the feed uh, a little bit later on and, and lighten things up a little bit but here's my thing if you want the pats on the back we've said this all the time on the show if you want the pats on the back and you want the applause when you do well and you win then that comes with the fact that you've got to be able to take the criticism when you don't i think we're very fair on this show i think in general kentucky football media is very fair in terms of giving out plenty of plaudits when we're going well particularly in the last few years but when we're struggling we deserve every single bit of criticism that we give um i would say that at the moment there's not a whole lot of positives. Uh, when you lose to Vanderbilt in the way that we did with the effort that we had, and then there's got to be a review. There's got to be a review of how we're doing things. There's got to be a view of the players, and there's got to be a review of the coaching staff. Um, for me, I think what happens is, is when a game like this happens, everyone goes, oh, our scheme was terrible, or our offense did this or whatever. My thoughts are this. When you have an effort like that and you lose to a team like that, it's not a representation of talent and it's not a represent, representation of just a one-off bad game. It's lots of little things that have happened over a period of 6 to 12, 18, 24 months that have gone wrong continuously and the standards in the program have slipped. It's times like this where you find out that the standards that we used to have have clearly fallen away this year. Um, I think that comes with lots of different changes. I think it comes with changes in personnel on the field, but I think it comes with changes in the coaching staff. Um, 
I want to start with the coaches because the job as a coach, regardless of talent, um, regardless of uh, you know who who transfers out, who transfers in, is to get the job done and win win football games. Ultimately, you're going to be judged by if you win football games. But your job is also to get the best out of your team and, and work with the team, communicate with the team effectively, that the players that you have perform at the highest possible level that they can. Um, I think the success comes from when you're able to bring out that consistency in the playing group and their effort, and th that comes from a consistency in preparation. It comes from a consistency in communication. It comes from a consistency at the top of just doing the little things day in, day out that need to be done to produce success. I don't think that's getting done at the moment. I've got a bit of a list here, Miles, of, of things that I think are dropping at the moment. Um, you've got to have a high accountability to the standards of the program, and it's coming. it comes from the leadership group, right? Leadership group starting with Mark Stoops, then moving down to the OC, DC, then the coaches that fall underneath that, and then the playing leadership group, the leaders in the group, the quarterback, uh, O-line, key guys on the D-line, D-square, Jacquez, Jones, etc. So let's start with what everyone would be asking us right now, Miles, which would be Scangarello. Uh, we don't want to go through every single Twitter question because they're basically all the same. It's all Scangarello. It's all O-line. It's all everything. So we're just going to try and cover it, and then we'll get to these Twitter questions. Um, my thoughts are... We lost a lot of very, very good people and very, very good coaches. When we lost Schlarman, obviously, RIP, we lost Sumrall, we lost guys like Coach Hood. They're really, really good people before they're even really good football coaches. Now, I'm not saying the people who replace them with them are terrible people, but it's hard to replace absolute elite talent, and this is why they've been poached. I mean, Sumrall's gone to be the head coach of Troy. They've been very successful this year. Coach Hood went, and in his first year at Murray State, he turned that program around. Great people. Simon had the big blue wall, a named wall of offensive linemen, named basically because of all his work that he did. That's how good he was. Um, and so the first person that you talk about that's replaced in there, obviously Cohen did a good job last year, but I think he had some of the remnants of what we produced over a period of time. But Scangarello's come in, and I think my point of view would be I think there's nothing wrong with the scheme. Now, people are going to laugh. I don't think there's anything wrong with the scheme. I don't think there's anything wrong with the play calling. I don't. You can't tell me that he wouldn't have an idea around what plays work, what plays don't. He's been in NFL locker rooms. He's been in NFL offensive meetings. He's obviously an offensive coordinator of college. So clearly he knows stuff. But it's about communicating and being able to teach the guys of how to run out these plays, how to run them effectively, how to do certain things. We've talked about and not just our show, many shows have talked about the offensive line having to dumb things down. For me, that's just a cop-out. Like, that's that's too easy. To just try and dumb things down and change things to make things simpler just means you're not able to communicate what you want on the field effectively. Now, this comes from, I think, the fact that maybe he's been in an NFL locker room for a long time, and I think there's a difference between NFL and college. In the NFL, you've got the best players from college, and they're earning a lot, a lot of money. And their ability to put food on the table comes from them receiving the feedback and making sure they get done what they need to get done on Sunday. There's no questions. There's no ifs or buts. It's just get it done. And you can give the feedback in that way. At college, you're getting your scholarship check, whether you, whether you produce, whether you make field goals, whether you get touchdowns. It doesn't matter. You're getting your scholarship check. So, therefore, the communication has to be a little bit different. It has to be a bit more teaching. has to be a bit more positive. has to be a bit more arm around everyone. 
And I think for me, Miles, and I'll let you interject here for a second before we move on to the next one. I just think that that's the difference at the moment. And it's honestly surprising with him, given that before this, the whole, um, I guess, glow about him was that he coached high school quarterbacks. And that's where he kind of got his foot in the door at an NFL level as well, is that he was this elite teacher of quarterbacks. Now, again, maybe he's just very good at teaching elite talent. And maybe he struggles when the talent isn't there, which clearly it isn't this year. I mean, we're six and four. We just lost to Vandy. So maybe he's just good at communicating with the guys that get it and he can give what needs to be done. And if they do what needs to be done, they get it. Maybe he's not as good as teaching people to become that elite talent, Miles. I think first, like you say with the NFL, it's also their full-time job. Like these kids have classes. They've yeah. got a whole lot of other responsibilities going on. Not that the NFL players don't look families and stuff, but they can put way more time into the scheme, into the plays, into learning all the checks that the college guys don't have. So I think... There may be a little excuse there, but he needs to learn how to better communicate to these guys. Maybe it needs to be more simple overall to where he can effectively get his point across. The second thing with it, I feel like when we had Lynn Bowden and Eddie Grant calling, whatever you want to call it, offense, I'd call it an option. We're never going to throw it until we need to against the full game. But I feel like despite the defense knowing what was coming, everyone on the offense bought into it. And what we were doing, I don't feel like everybody's confident. And I'll just interject there. I think it's a great point. And that's what I was about to say. It doesn't matter. And we keep saying this. And whether you agree with us or not, it doesn't. we don't care. It doesn't matter what the play calls are. Mark Stoops says all the time, there's no magic play. You call the play. If everyone bought in of the 11 players, that is what's most important. Everyone's on the same page. I've got been talking to people in the program, been watching from afar, been watching obviously on TV and going to the games. Here's one example of what I've seen that just to me screams, I can't be bothered communicating and helping these guys and teaching them. So we're just going to remove it. Last year, every time Will went up to line of scrimmage almost, you could see him tap his helmet and doing this. There was audibles, there was things happening at line of scrimmage. After talking to some people in the program and just watching, like I said, that's gone. That's out of that. Apparently... There was too many false starts, too many jumps when we kept changing the cadence. It's a longer cadence. It's harder to get those audibles in, and it's more complicated. But we just abandoned it and went away. And now whatever the call is, is the call, no matter how they line up. For me, that's not that's not good enough to be able to do that. It's, okay, here's the problem. We keep jumping when we're trying to audible and change the call, change the call of protection, whatever it is. It's not let's throw it out the window. It's how can we help you guys get this right? Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. And let, how can we get this right where we're not making those kind of mistakes? And for me, that's kind of where it breaks down from NFL level to college is like in the NFL, they're just going to pick it up and get it. And for me, Scangarello at times has gone, well, these guys just don't get it straight away. So I'm just going to get it out of the playbook. I'll just remove it instead of let's take this extra time to talk about it, make sure we work it out, figure it out. How can we communicate with you guys the best so you understand it? There's not just one way to teach things. There's 5 million different ways to teach things. I think that's that's been something. I think as well with that, Miles, I'll move on to the next one, which is clearly everyone's complaint as well, the O-line. And, I mean, for me, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of talent in that room. I think that's the first and foremost point. Now, that's come from a variety of things. As we said, there's not just one simple answer to most of these things. We've had three different O-line coaches in the last three years. None of them have been able to finish their full recruiting drive and their recruiting class, obviously Slaman for obvious reasons. Um, then we lost our O-line coach and moved on to Bama. He took some of his recruits with him. 
if you're not able to finish your recruiting class and keep up with these guys and build a relationship with them, then there's going to be some inconsistencies and then there's going to be a lack of talent. We, it's hard enough to recruit O-line in the first place, let alone if you have to have three O-line coaches in three separate years, as well as three OCs in three separate years too. There's a lot of inconsistency that's come with that. Alabama have obviously found a way to get that done. They've been able to continuously replace coaches, but it's a tough thing to do. It's very, very hard to find top-end talent in players, but also in coaches. And to have that kind of turnover is extremely, extremely difficult thing to, to work with. I think, um, the, again, it, it suggests, again, like I don't think it's all play calling and I don't think it's all scheme and all this kind of stuff, but I think the talent on the O-line Room is not up to standard at the moment, Miles, and I think that comes with three separate coaches. I think we need a little bit of consistency. And one thing that I will say as well, and hearing from all the guys that used to be O-line um, to, to the guys now is, and I'm not sure this is being done at the highest level that it could be, every time Simon had a, and I want to press on this because I think this is really important, every time Simon had a meeting, the first thing he would talk about was not football. It's how can we be better people how can we communicate better? What are we doing off the field? What, how are we preparing for every game? It was nothing to do with the results. It was nothing to do with the X's and O's. It was how can we be better people? How can we become better as individuals and then therefore becoming better footballers in the long run? I'm just not sure that's getting done at the moment. I think there's a change of ethos with all the change that we've had. Like I think that was Summerall. Summerall was a person first. Coach Hood, Simon, those kind of things, Miles. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I think you make a great point about the coaching turnover. I mean, look at LSU with Joe Burrow year. They obviously had talent and coaches leave after that year, and they quickly fell. Um, Bam has obviously been able to be successful. It's a good problem, I guess you could say, to have. Uh, we've got all these good coaches that are coming in that are getting poached. I mean, if you want an NFL team to come get your offensive coordinator, if you want someone to go be a head coach at Troy, clearly Stoops is getting good people in the jobs to where they're getting poached. But you've then got to be able to replace them and have some consistency. And I think, like you're saying, the lack of that consistency with the coaching staff has led to a lack of consistency with the players and the recruiting cycles. I think the whole line, you've got to go get the transfer portal. I don't know if we want to get to solutions yet, but before I thought we were really good at underscoring, especially of getting the guys in and developing them. Maybe they weren't four or five-star recruits, but they were three-ish, and he turned them into NFL draft picks, top three rounds. Yeah. I don't feel like that's that development is happening at the same level now. Yeah, and I, and we'll get to the uh, solutions and how we fix it in a little bit, Miles, but I, I'm with you. And again, it presses to college football is so different from NFL. You've got to have coaches that are there and they're not only growing you as a football player, but as a human. You're in the most valuable, potentially like impressionable years from 18 to 21, 22. You're going through all these stages in your life. You need someone. 30, 30 for your case. Yeah, for me. Uh not only, you know, teaching you football, but teaching you how to be a good person and teaching you how to how to prepare, how to be elite. How, and so then when you get to the NFL, you have all those traits. Guys come in, that all they've been taught, and now there's some very good high school programs. But there's some high school programs also that are very small, under-resourced. I'm sure the coaching isn't to an elite standard. So I think I think that um, that plays a big, big part in it, is that being able to, uh, you know, Teach the human, Miles, just as much as teaching the player. Let's go to the players, though, because I'm going to go very quickly. The defense, for me, gets a pass. They've been great all year. It was a terrible game, terrible performance. Uh, I don't like the way that we played, but it is what it is. Um, Coach White, for so long, has been so good. He's been able to get these guys going, and I think he gets a pass. 
If you think that that's unfair, then Miles will will go to that. But I think the defense itself gets a pass. Now, I'll go to the players very, very, very quickly. And it starts at the top. I'm going to say this. I think that there's two key areas where we've been let down with a little bit of leadership on the field. I don't want to get super personal with the guys because they're great people. I know all of them. They're all good guys. But I would say from Will's point of view, Will is a very, very driven individual to be the best person he can be and be the best player he can be. He wants to be the number one draft pick in the NFL. He will, as we saw at Sages last year, and unfortunately not this year, he will run through a brick wall to try and be that number one pick. But with that, sometimes comes a little bit of selfishness and a little bit of inability to and get getting frustrated with guys that aren't getting it done. And for speaking with different people, there's not a whole lot of, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of love in that offensive room at the moment with each other. I think there's a lot of people that are worried about where they're going to be going in the draft. I think there's a lot of, and that's not just Will. I'm not saying it's entirely Will. I think it's wide receivers. I think there's O-linemen that are all worried about what's in it for me rather than what's in it for the team, and it just can't be like that. Um, I think when you've got a young wide receiver group, they're looking for leadership and they're looking for an example. Last year, the best thing that happened to us was Wondell Robinson came in, and he was the best player on our team. But he was also the hardest worker, the best preparer. And the only thing that I heard the whole time when he came in was he's setting such a good example for all these guys. He's setting an example for Josh Ali. He was setting an example for all our wide receivers that came underneath him. And when you have your best players that are also the most humble and the hardest workers, then that's what that's what sets you up for success. Now, again, we have to be fair. When you've got your top and oldest wide receiver of the three, that's a senior, going on Twitter and liking this offense sucks, this offensive coordinator sucks, this scheme sucks, then clearly there's a little bit of unrest in there and it's not a great example for those guys, Miles. No, I think, I mean, I'll speak for when I, I was a specialist. When I came to Austin, was obviously there in the Guinness. Um, you were the same way. I would never say that I was on the top end of the talent in the specialist room, but both of you being the respective top, however you are, you both worked really hard to set an example for the whole room. Even the guys that were coming in as true freshmen, there was an example of here's how you work, here's how we prepare as a unit, here's how we respond when things don't go well, here's how we respond when things do go well. I don't feel like that leadership across the wide receiver room. I'm going to give Will some of the pass because I don't know that room as much, but it seems like the wide receiver room, especially that leadership, isn't there. It definitely isn't there in the O-line room. Either it doesn't feel like those units especially are on the same page. Because I know we're obviously specialists um, where, you know, we can comment on the specialist room, maybe a little bit more than the other rooms, although I'd like to think we can comment on everything. For me, and this might be very harsh and I'm sorry, but it's the truth and it's how I feel and and people keep asking about the specialists. Look, Ruffalo did very, very well last year, but he is a walk-on. He was not a scholarship. We did not plan when we brought him in for him to kick field goals for this team. He did well last year, but sometimes after a period of time, you get found out whether you're absolute elite talent or not elite talent. And for me, he's just not up to the standard at the moment. Um, very much Colin, I thought, had a great year last year, and he's been pretty good this year. We're about to hear from him in about 30 minutes. Um, he was having a bit of down year, and I just think, in general, our recruiting of that position, and how I say that and they recruited me, our recruiting of that position hasn't been up to standard recently. We've got three guys on scholarship for kicker and we can't make any field goals if we had one and a bunch of terrible walk-ons it would make a little bit of sense we've got three guys on scholarship can't find one of them to kick field goals it's clearly 
a lack of recruiting ability, ability to identify talent and an ability to bring it in. Um, and clearly in, in the long snapper, we've had lots of issues at long snapper. It's been the same there. I don't think there's enough emphasis at the moment from UK football. I think the schemes are there. I, I think the coordinator does a good job. I think it breaks down with our ability to identify talent and then bring it in. Um, we're not there. We, we have two long snappers that we continually rotate that make mistakes. And we've got three kickers on scholarship and not one of them can make a field goal. That clearly shows that our recruiting is not up to standard miles. I'll give I'll you give a yes on yes, the recruiting side of things. For Ruffalo, I'll push back a little bit. I think Ruffalo's actually been really good. Obviously, this year, not so much. But if you look at his career, he's had really good numbers. The year that maybe he hasn't had the best operation of snap and hold, all of a sudden his numbers have dipped a bit, and he obviously hasn't had a great year. I think those go hand in hand. I think if you look without that, when he's had good operation, he's been pretty consistent over the time that he's been in Lexington. So I think Ruffalo's been fine. Obviously, as a walk-on, he wasn't expected to be like a star kicker, but he's definitely outperformed what they thought he was going to be. The question is going to be for the future, because he's obviously gone after this year. There's a big question mark over that room, and you obviously need a huge improvement from this year to next year. Again, Colin, I think, like you said, Colin's also done. You've got Wilson Berry there, but he's been hit or miss, and injuries have been an issue. So the putting room's going to have a new person in it. The kicking's going to have a new person probably in it. Maybe chance for, maybe a transfer, maybe a freshman, who knows. But those positions, are they definitely be need, to, need to be putting more emphasis on those. It doesn't seem like the recruiting of those, like you said, has been there because they've just kind of been getting by with walk-ons for a few years. I'm worried about our ability to retain some of these guys. I know that there's going to be even more unrest in the locker room. But to be fair, if some of these guys want to leave because they're not happy with how things are going, I can't, I, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I don't blame them um, with how we're going. But I also am like, if they don't want to stay and they don't want to be part of the team and they don't want to be guys that are team first, then for sure, like, see you later. I, I think sometimes... Standards you walk by, Miles, as we always say, are the standards you accept. And I think at the moment, with the leadership group and the way that we're going and everything that's happening, it maybe might be time for a bit more tough love. It might be time to, well, not so much tough love in terms of, you know, getting on people, but it's like, hey, if you don't act the way that we want you to act and be the person that we want you to be and prepare the way that we want you to prepare, then you can't be part of it. And again, I'll keep going back to it. We had guys like Luke Fortner, this is just for the playing group. Luke Fortner, Drake Jackson, Jamin Davis, Cash Daniel, Wondell Robinson, uh, even Terry Wilson. Like, the way that these guys prepared set the standard, and they were the best players on the team, and they set the standard for the whole group. This is what's acceptable, and this is what's not. At the moment, I don't think that we have those guys at all in any position that set the standard. And now, I will say defense. I'll give that. D-square, Jacquez Jones. On the offensive side and in the special teams, I don't have any guys that set the standard and go, this is how we have to do things to be successful, Miles. And then we'll, you get your last thoughts and then we'll finish up and go to something. The one, one, the one person on some offense I will give the credit to for that. The only problem with him, I think, is he's not a super vocal leader. Chris does set a pretty good example. Um, and obviously he's, I mean, Will's whatever the draft pick, but Chris is the most valuable piece on the offense we have right now. Yesterday was, or not, yeah, yesterday he was having seven, eight yard runs when he should have been getting tackled behind the line. Chris is the one that does set the right example. I wish he was a little bit more vocal. Um, at least when I was there, he wasn't a super vocal guy. I guess that's just not his personality. But he is the one guy I would say that has been a pretty good uh, leader overall. Playing about the players all we want. Ultimately, the, it, everything and all the problems 
will fall on and rightfully so because they take the job with the coaches. It's his ability to get the job done, make sure that the players are on the same page as them. Everyone's enjoying it. Everyone wants to be there. Everyone's fighting for every single yard that we can either get or uh, retain from the team. So, look, I'm sure that there's going to be some changes. Otherwise, there's going to be some very serious conversations had in the last few weeks. I really think that at times like this, it means that conversations were avoided um, a while back and maybe there wasn't as much because normally when you've got tough accountability and high standards, it's very easy to just go, that's the one little area we need to fix. All right, how do we get that fixed? Let's do it. There's so many areas that need to be fixed right now, which means that we've just walked past some of the standards that we used to uphold. And that's been the thing for me. It's it's not it's not this week. It wasn't two weeks ago. It's been a long period of time of little things slipping here and there that leads to, as Miles once, after a while, damn wall breaks and everything just floods out. So that's our thoughts. I think we need to wrap it up very quickly. I'm not asking for anyone to be fired. I'm not asking for anyone, you know, to be let go. I'm not asking to throw 45 guys of ours out for the players. But there are changes that need to be made. And I think it's more so in our ability to teach uh, at the coaching level, teach these guys what needs to be done. Because I think that's what we've done so well for so long. And that's why our coaches have been poached. And I think we just need to get back to that. Nick Saban talked about during the week, I can't yell at these guys the way that I used to. I can't coach the way that I am. And I'm trying to learn a new way. And I'm working my ass off to watch as many film and talk to as many people and sports psychologists, et cetera, that I can to work out the effective way of communication so I can be the best coach I can be. I think in our football facility that maybe there needs to be a bit of that. It doesn't matter. You can't just be stuck in your ways. You've got to, tra- you've got to evolve. It's much like the NIL stuff. You've got to evolve. And over time, you've got to come up with a way that's effective to communicate. Otherwise, you get the results that we get. No, I think, I mean, the main point there, I think, is I'm not asking for anybody to get fired either. I don't know if that's the right decision yet, but clearly there needs to be a pivot in recruiting. I don't know about scheme, but communication of how we need to run the plays and what we're doing. If the coaches, certain ones, can't pivot and make the changes they make to effectively get it across to the guys and get the recruiting cycles back going, then yeah, then they need to be gone. Like that's it. You can either change and get better, or you can stay in your ways. And if you're just going to stay in your ways, then it probably isn't the best spot for them. Yeah, there's no doubt. And hey, again, I, like I'm, I'm sure Skangrel is awesome, and he, I'm, I'm serious. I think the schemes will be fine, but it's just the ability yeah. to communicate with these guys and get the best out of them. So I think that's what needs to change. Like I said, all right, we'll get back to the game a little bit, and we'll get to some people's questions because I know people are very, very angry at the moment, Miles, uh, and rightfully so. But can we just lighten things up for 30 seconds? We've got Colin Goodfellow coming in in one minute, so wow. let's just. Lighten- Let's lighten things up for one second. We have a we have a segment that we like to do before we get to Colin, and we'll hear the players' thoughts and on him and how his injury is and how much he got in the Vinmo account. But let's just lighten things up. We have a favorite reporter, Larry Vort. He he tweeted out during the basketball game that Dan Bull was beating Duquesne. He is that in love with his home city that he does <laughs> the University of Kentucky. For him, it's the University of Danville. Larry Bond is an obscure man, but a great man. We ask an obscure question each week, Miles, that would be Larry Vaught themed. What is your question this week? Another football question. Okay. I hope you're ready. World Cup is this week. Starts this week, I think a week from today, maybe. Yes. Um, who is your World Cup pick for the year, and how bad is Australia's team going to be? Yeah. 
I, uh, you probably expect me to say Australia. I'm not. I was hoping we honestly wouldn't get in. We're, we're <laughs> terrible at soccer at the moment, and it's going to be embarrassing. We're going to probably get blown out in each game. We beat Peru to get in. I was honestly just hoping Peru. I've got a lot of national pride, but I was hoping Peru beat us because this is going to be embarrassing. Um, I'm going to go with, honestly, and this is not sucking up to the people listening, I think a serious wild card is USA. I think they've got a pretty easy wow. call. So if you had to give a wild card, I'm going the United States of America. I think they're a good, good chance. Uh, they've got a good team. They, I mean, soccer in America is absolutely booming. They're just going to get better and better. But my pick is the French, Miles. The French to repeat? Yeah, I'm taking the French. What about you? I'm going to go Germany. But I think I think Germany or Argentina. But I'll go Germany as my pick. I'm with you, though. U.S. is actually a pretty good chance to make it pretty far, which yeah. is exciting because other than the women's soccer, we've never really been very good. Yeah, and I don't think many times people would be tuning into the Soccer World Cup. But this year, there'll be a lot of American viewers. So hopefully they can do it because it'll be super exciting if they can. Now... Do we have Colin yet? Uh, let me have a look. Hey! Wow. Colin, good fella. Colin, how are you? How are we? Oh, you're not in a stretcher, so you look better than yeah, I've seen you before. Let's start. Obviously, we'll get to yesterday. Um, disappointing. I'm sure you were freezing on the sidelines. Let's start with the question that everyone wants to know. How are you? How's the leg? And how are you in general? Uh, first off, I'm doing great. Um, I'm up walking, which was uh, kind of a shock to everybody, but I'm in a brace. I'm walking pretty well. Uh, rehab is going great twice a day. We're trying to get back. We're doing better. But uh, injuries, you know, could have been a lot worse. So I'm a lot thankful for that. Um, so other than that, you know, take it every step by step, day by people, day. People were starting to call you Maximus Decimus Meridius, the gladiator. He, you, they thought you, you did well in the Coliseum. Look, give us an update. I don't know if you're allowed to. Tell us if you can what the injury was and how long you think maybe you'll be out for. I don't know. And maybe the lips are sealed at the moment. Can you tell us anything? How long you think you'll be out for? Maybe what the injury was? And will we have you back for a bowl game? Uh, that I cannot answer. That is a okay. status. Uh, so we're, uh, we're getting back. But I've got, a, I've got some tears somewhere, you know. I've got some <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to give away the exact injury, but it's definitely not as bad as everybody thought and as I thought for sure. So uh, that's, a, that's a good start right there. If you pronounce the spelling of tears in a different way, there were definitely some coming from you as you exited the field. <laughs> but was there, more, was there more tears on the field or when the Vinmo started lighting up? Uh, well, <laughs> I would say definitely more tears on the field. <laughs> question for you Colin and I'm not trying to poke but I am curious why do you like why is it that they won't let you say stuff because like I can't imagine Georgia this week's like I really wish we knew what Goodfellas injury was so we'd know if he was back or not like what's the what's the big secret uh, and the, your your smirk also makes me pretty excited about the ball game I'll just leave it at that yeah no there's a there's a big I don't think there's any big secret but uh I mean, Coach Stoops already just announced that I'm done for the season. So I guess, you know, it's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's news to me, huh? <laughs> yeah, banged up, I guess. That's I was literally, I was texting with Colin, and I'm not kidding. I was literally like, hey, man, like, what's going on? I'm not going to share it with anyone. I just want to know. As Stoops was doing his press conference, and Stoops goes, yeah, Colin out for the seat. And Colin's going to me, I can't tell you, man. i got to keep it under wraps. <laughs> literally, simultaneously, Stoops, yep, yeah, Colin's out for the season. Yeah. 
Hey, you probably won't want to tell us, but people, we have to ask, how much got Vinmo to the account? Uh, a good amount. Uh, I haven't told anybody in the in the football building yet, you know, okay. as we things sorted out with compliance to see what can be done with the money actually. But, and you know, once, once a, a decision's made by compliance and me together to figure out what we can do and what all the options are, then, you know, I'll thank BBN for all their support. What what is your plans for the money? Uh, well, right now it's it's a tricky question. The compliance piece is the biggest part because yeah. in order to do something with the money, I have to accept it into my account, which is a big violation with compliance. So that's kind of I don't even know what I can do with the money in all seriousness because not many charities just have like a Venmo that I can just Venmo the money because technically I'm sending them the money. So uh, it's all a compliance issue. You know, obviously I'd like a lot of it to go to uh, the charity that Ruffalo and I started, but uh, we'll go from there. We'll give you 30 seconds and talk about that charity, Colin, and what it involves and how people get involved. Yeah, it's Kick for Kids, um, uh, Kentucky Children's Hospital we partnered with. Uh, obviously, it's tough to be a kid in Kentucky Children's Hospital and may have this child life program. Uh, this program basically allows a kid to be a kid again. Um, you know, they, they have Xboxes in this room. You know, they have board games. They have all these different things that the kids can kind of escape their hospital life just for however long they're able to or bring it to their room just to, you know, experience what it's like to be a kid um links are everywhere they're in my bio they're in matthew ruffalo's bio kentucky children's hospital tweets it out a bunch you know we'll tweet it out again but you know all you gotta do is click on the link and uh donate all right i don't want to give you any ptsd but yeah go ahead all went over your head yeah run us through you obviously you run back there you pick it up you get the kickoff you get smacked run us through moment by moment what was going on in your head and at what point did did Probably some expletives go off. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's kind of it's unique and it's kind of funny. Uh, Max, you've had it happen once before when the ball goes in your head and, you know, you can kick it out of the end zone when the ball is in the end zone. You've done uh, that before as well, correct? Yeah. Have. So yeah. that, that's where the experience comes in. So that happened in the Florida game. Obviously, the ball was in the end zone. I kicked it out. Safety, no harm done, that kind of thing. Um, Stoops comes off. I come up sideline. I'm talking to Stoops. Stoops says it's a great play. And, you know, I kind of ask the question to Stoops, hey, what do I do if the ball doesn't go in the end zone? Well, nobody kind of knew that question. Nobody kind of knew the answer to that. So uh, I actually asked a referee in one of our next upcoming games, and I asked him, what do I do if it's a, if the ball's not in the end zone, can I kick it? Um, which everyone kind of wanted me to do to avoid being hurt, you know, just take the safety, just do it. Well, actually, the rule is if you kick it while the ball is not in the end zone, it's an illegal kick, and it's half the distance to the goal from where you kicked it. So they would have the ball at whatever three-yard line, first and goal. So just to clarify, Colin, so so for the people listening, what he's saying is if you kick the ball back through the end zone. Correct. For the safe, you can't get a safety unless you are in the end zone. Your feet have to be in. If you're outside, you kick it through. They'll get half the distance to the goal from where you kicked it. Not, he's not saying if you kick it back down the field, obviously, like you did on the game. So continue. Yes, that's correct. So uh, once that happened, um, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time, but uh, I watched the video back and I gave a quick peek because um, I noticed that the ball wasn't in the end zone, and that's kind of when the explicits went off. Uh, <laughs> So I gave a quick peek, thought I had enough time, and picked it up. And 
got it off luckily, but uh, no, don't remember much much from that. Did so. you did you at the time? Because I know I definitely didn't. I did not think that you could get roughing the passer. I mean, rough. Sorry, well, roughing passer, roughing the kicker. I guess it would be. Uh, I thought there was absolutely no shot. Like I thought you were free game. Did you think that? No, that had nothing to like. That never went through my head of getting a penalty. Like that was never. The penalty like never came up. I don't. Now I'm going to be completely bluntly honest. I don't know the rule. I didn't know the rule beforehand. I knew the tackle box. I didn't understand the verbiage. Obviously, now that's come out a bunch of times. And from my expertise of the ruling, I think that it was the right call. But uh, yeah, I had no idea about the rule. That was not in my head. And it did look like Usain Bolt when the ball went over your head. You went full Usain Bolt. I don't think I've ever seen you run that fast in your life. Yeah, for the team, I guess, you know, that's, for the, team. that's the only thing I got for you right there, for the team. Well, uh, Colin, we on this show love building statues. We, ever since the Stoop statue came out, I, I think I've tweeted out about 25 different statues that should be built. We've had a Chris, uh, Coach White, Stoops. Uh, we may have had a Scangrello at some stage. I'm not sure that'll ever be put up at the moment. Um, we've had a Will Levis. We've had everyone. If they were to build a statue of you, which I'm sure some people will be calling for, how would you do it? Would you like it to be the guy? Would you like to be two people, the guy crashing into you? Would you like it to be you on the stretcher? How would What would the statue look like? Because we've got to also remember the moment at the time. So how would you like it to be built? Yeah, give me the point of contact. There's actually a picture of it. Just, give, just put that on the statue. I don't think, uh, you know, the... Unfortunately, all the shots that seem to be have of me on that field were on the cart, which is not my. Uh, not. <laughs> that was the best part of the whole story. Was it seemed like every link of every story I found on Twitter on the news, the same terrible picture of you popped up. I was like, poor Colin. Like yeah, of all photos. God, not yeah, it's just not not the greatest thing to look at. All right, Colin. Um, serious stuff for a minute or so here. Uh, firstly your thoughts on yesterday or just how the locker room was after the game? What was, what was, you know, we all finished the game. We go off, we go into that locker room that's separate from um, the actual locker rooms in the football facility. Stoops normally gives us a five to 10 minute speech. Sometimes if we win, it's shorter. Sometimes if we lose, it's longer. How, what was he, what was his key points and what was the mood like in that locker room? Uh, as I think everybody can expect, it wasn't, wasn't a great uh, locker room to be in after, um, you know, there's not much to say other than the fact of, you know, it's it, it was embarrassing. You know, I don't think anybody was proud of what we put on the field that game. Um, you know, everybody knew the weather we were coming into. Everybody knew what kind of team we were playing. And uh, we just didn't – we didn't execute and we didn't think of – I don't know. It was tough. You know, it was it wasn't screaming. It wasn't yelling. It was kind of just everybody was in disbelief that we just did what the product that we just put on the field is what it is, is what it was. So is, that was is there anything I mean, there's obviously going to be things, but is there anything you can put your finger on that you think may have been the reason for this game or maybe why the season hasn't quite been up to expectation so far? Or what what's your thoughts on it so far, obviously being involved? Uh, I think I think the biggest thing is attitude. Um, you know, Stoops and you guys know Stoops talks about all the time is attitude. No matter what game you're going into, whether it's an FCS team, whether it's the number one team in the country, the attitude has to stay the same. You can't just walk in. You can't just walk in, which Stoops says all the time. You, you know, the game is meant to be played how it's meant to be played. You know, that's one of his favorite lines. Can't cheat the game. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you can't disrespect the game. And I think, you know, the attitude is the biggest part about that. If we just think we're going to walk in and walk over a team, you know, this is college football division one. This That's just not going to happen. All right. We can't also let you escape without, and I know you'd be ready for this question. Special teams hasn't been ideal this year. Um, and, you know, some of us, and I think rightfully so, have been somewhat critical of what's been going on. It hasn't been up to standard. Um, anytime, as you know, when we were there, and I'm sure you guys are the same, anytime we're not going at 100% and field goals, extra points, and we're not averaging 50 in net and punt and every return's not a touchdown, there's always things to be improved on. From a specific kicking point of view, um, what's what do you think? What do you put your finger on to what's gone wrong this year? Um, you know, it's hard to put your finger on one certain thing. Uh, you know, obviously, special teams hasn't been great. Um, even the return game has kind of decreased in the past weeks. You know, from Barry on and from Barry on's touchdown from there on, there on out. Um, you know. I think it's, a, again, it's the attitude as a whole. You know, special teams is supposed to be a pride thing. Um, and, you know, guys in the past, you know, not pointing any fingers, but guys in the past, you know, kind of seeming as a as a diss almost to be on special teams instead of taking in as pride. And, you know, like guys will see Alabama, Georgia, you know, their top studs are on special teams. And guys, you know. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, was a, was on special teams. Exactly. You know, During I, his Heisman year. Yeah, I, I came hand to hand with him. It was a good <laughs> push him out of the go with that. But uh, you know, I think as a kicking game, you know, there's only so much we can do. Uh, you know, you can't change whole mechanics during the season, as you guys know. Like, you don't just change everything you're doing in the season. You kind of just try to find that rhythm again. And you know, again, everybody expects like if we're we miss one field goal one week, we have one bad punt. You know, let's just go out there and punt for two and a half hours straight. Uh, every practice, you know, we, we can't do that. There's only so much we can do. Um, I, I, I will say I've, I've tried to make it an emphasis within, you know, our own unit, the specialists of mental reps, you know, whether regardless of who's snapping, who's punting, who's kicking, um, you know, as you guys know, you always stand behind the kicker or the punter who's punting, you know, treat it like it's a, like it's a run or like a, like it's your rep, um, go behind, take your steps, do whatever you need to do in order to get the most, mentally ready for the game because that's going to be you know you can kick 65 O's in practice or you can make every field goal in practice but until you get in that game with the fans and the pressure um you know it's a whole different environment it's a whole different thing going through your head yeah and colin also as well to appease the fans um we've pressed on it many times in this show but um you're obviously currently on the team everyone calls for a special teams coordinator everyone says we're not up to standard there Please give your thoughts on um, our ability to coach, our ability to coach scheme, which I think is awesome. Um, and then, you know, what, what's been said to you guys? What's, who's the coach that has come to you guys when these problems have been happening? And, and what's been the attempted resolution? What's, what's been worked on that we think we can iron out? Well, you know, obviously it, the coach that's come to us is Coach Stoops. You know, it's, it's, it's been to that point where Stoops is coming up and saying, you know, what the hell's going on? What are we doing? <laughs> Let's 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 get our heads together. Let's do something here. I do I do not think by any means it's scheme. Um, again, I think it's an attitude thing with uh, everybody. Uh, again, just like the whole team, it's an attitude thing. It's uh, treating it with like pride. Um, I don't almost want to say 
it's not, again, I don't think it's a scheme thing. I think it's, I really do think it's, you know, trying to just treat every rep because there's so limited reps during the week. Um, as you guys know, every rep, like a true game rep or else, you know, cause you get what a nine minute period, 10 minute period during once or twice, once or twice a week, to, uh, perfect your scheme for the week. So I think. Yeah. I'll just jump in as well, Colin. That's one thing that we probably haven't brought up before on the show. And um, it's something that uh, you kind of forget once you finish. Just for the listeners, you would be surprised with how little we are given because there's only so many minutes. Um, with compliance, there's only so many minutes you're allowed to practice. So if we want to get our offense and defense up to scratch, then special teams is not put to the side, but it's given a very small window and you've got to be perfect in that window. So I, I, it's not an exaggeration to say that you probably get full game speed reps between 8 to 14 maybe a week, depending on how fluently it runs. Field goal, actual full live reps, maybe 6 to 8, I would say. And people don't realize that. Like, that's just the way it is. It can't be changed. Now, like you said, there's mental reps. There's ways you can improve during the offseason. There's times when you can go and try and get those in. But to have all the linemen or all the people that are blocking and everything and, and, a, and a rush defense and all that, you really get maybe between 6 to 15 reps a week, and that is it. Um, that's if things run smoothly. And we've you know it's firsthand that things don't always run smoothly. Um, that's an emphasis that I would like to get to people. It's not always as simple as let's just do 200 reps of it. Colin, what's something that since you all have been kind of midseason struggling, have you all changed anything in practice or your approach at all to what you all have been preparing with? Uh, you're talking within the specialist group? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, as you guys know, like warm-up, we like our practice starts 30 minutes before everybody because we're the first period. We need to be warmed up by the time we're ready. Um, our whole thing is you warm up and then uh, we do our period and then we'll go over and we'll try to grab at least um, – Definitely within the specialists ourselves, we'll grab at least 10 to 15 more reps inside the stadium. And we go to ourselves. Um, you know, we try to give as best as live rep looks as you can. You know, it's hard when you got eight guys in your group. You're not, you know, you, we're not guards. We're not defensive guys. You know, but we try to provide some sort of game scenario. You know, start on the sidelines, come off, uh, come off on the sideline, do a Toro, do a, you know, extra point chance to do an extra point and then going right into kickoff you know we've we've put an emphasis on that since early in their year since you know we've had a, obviously a lot of struggles we try to make practice as game like as we can as close as we can um we've stolen some guys after practice you know just the two guards right next to this uh center after practice to do some um snap and holds with them just to get live for them as well um again you know there's only so much we can do um, in season and practice, you know, again, like I mentioned, we're not going to change our whole mechanics because, you know, that's a whole different, that's a whole different ball game. When you start doing that, you start messing with, uh, muscle memory and you start messing with your head at that point about which one should I do when you get to the game scenario? Because as you guys know, once you guys step out on the field, it's, you, you kind of just black out and you kind of go back to what you know. And, you know, that's what we've been trying to emulate as best as we can, you know, no matter what scenario in, whether, fans you know whatever it is you know when you have that blackout moment you know you know what you you know what your body's going to do yeah and colin last last serious one and then we'll get one maybe one or two more lighthearted, and then we'll uh let you get back to the rehab yeah uh, 
you're leaving and Ruffalo's leaving you both out of eligibility. Give us 30 seconds on the kicking and the punting uh, guys that we'll be seeing next year and how they're looking. Uh, you know, you got Wilson who stepped in for me, uh, who stepped in, step, stepping in for me now. Uh, you know, he's only had, this is his third career game this past week. So again, the specialist, we get, I, I like to think we get better with experience, you know, I, that's my personal view. You got you guys might view that differently, but that is my personal view. So I think the more games he gets, the more live reps he gets. You know, now he's going to get more live reps in practice. You know, understand the scheme wise when he gets out there. Who you know what to look for when you're out there. I think he'll be just fine uh, going forward. Uh, I think field goals. You know, it's it's going to be a question. Uh, Ruffalo's been here for three. I mean, we've both been here for six years, but. Um, you know, it's felt like an eternity, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I think he's kicked for three years, maybe four. I'm, I'm, I don't even know to be certain, which is terrible of me, but, um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be an open competition. You know, we got a young guy, Jackson Smith, who's coming back or who's, you know, just got in the five star, the Boyle, the Boyle County star. Um, you know, but he's a young guy and you guys know how miles, you know, especially how hard it is to from on Brown and you know you work through that I mean that takes years to perfect um and you know he's getting in that routine he's starting to get live reps um we're trying to just see where it goes and then Cade I'm snapper you know that all depends on if he if who's coming back who wants to come back and you know if we're going to go out and recruit and get some more guys but I think we'll just I think we'll be just fine Miles have you got anything before we let Colin go no that was it I think you did good thanks Colin for doing it on behalf of this show, as we uh, we've copped a well, you guys have copped a lot of criticism this year. But yeah. we'll, I just will say one thing: yourself as a walk-on and Ruffalo as a walk-on, you know, probably came in wanting to play, but you're not the person we choose to play. Clearly, right? They're not. You weren't yeah. brought in on scholarship, but you guys worked your ass off. You've done great, and you represented the program. Obviously, you're now a hero of the program. You'll have a moment that people will live on for, remember forever. So I'm very happy for you because you guys both worked extremely hard to get to the position that you guys did. Uh, this year has been a little disappointing, but I really do hope the fans at the end of the year can pay homage to you two for coming in as walk-ons and then being able to contribute to the team. I mean, Ruffalo was going until this year when we've had a few issues. He was going at a higher percentage, I think, than Austin. So um, really, really great work from you guys, and we appreciate having you. You probably won't be back on the show. So on behalf <laughs> of Kennedy, thank you very much for your service. Thank you for sacrificing your body. Thank you for giving us some hilarious photos to send to you in the future of you on the uh, on the cart. Yeah. And uh, thank you for being on. I appreciate it, guys. You know, always great catching up. And uh, I'd like to give one more thing. My World Cup pick is going to be Brazil. Hey. Wow. There you go. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. See you, Colin. See you. Miles, there was some... Uh, there were some good good thoughts there from Colin. I think it kind of tied in with what we were saying. It's about attitudes, about getting guys in the right mindset. It's about, you know, coaches, it lies with them, getting people in the right frame of mind where they want to compete, where they're enjoying coming in every single day. He's clearly talked about that. There hasn't been a consistency in preparation, which leads to no, no consistency in attitude and effort. So, um, but it was good to have him. I'm glad he's feeling okay. And that smile, like you said, tells me he might be back in the ballgame. There was just something to it. It seemed like he wasn't too, uh, too negative about it. So maybe yeah. there's a chance. It'd be good to see him come back for one last game of the bowl. 
It would, it would for sure. And yeah, like I said, those two guys, uh, uh, you know, there's been a lot of criticism, but those two guys have done a great job for us of coming in as walk-ons and managing to find a starting spot, which as you know, as a walk-on yourself, is not always easy thing to do. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not very hard. I really would like Ruffalo to finish the year out well because I think this year is going to kind of be a downer on his career when he's been pretty good overall. Collins obviously going to have a pretty good moment to go out on that people remember him by. Hopefully Ruffalo can hit a big kick against a little worse up there and have the same. Now we hit him with some pretty hard questions, Miles. I've just looked through the Twitter questions. I think, sorry to, I mean, we'd like to get to your questions, but all the questions we kind of covered at the start, I've gone through all of them. It's all Scangarello this, O-line this, offense this, defense this, Wills, overrated, all the typical stuff that we get every single week. So to everyone that wrote in Twitter questions, we appreciate it. Um, we didn't get the usual like Randy longest name one who asked us a crazy random question. So we didn't get that. We didn't even get an Andy E random question this week. We got an Andy E football question. So we've kind of tried to answer all the football questions and Twitter questions in one. Um, if you've got a question though, go to the comment section. I believe it is. I'm not sure exactly how it works. I'm kind of on the uh, program page here, but leave a comment and we'll get to that. If you've got anything that you think we haven't covered, but miles, there was a man that was, I did a basketball post-game show on Friday night. I actually covered basketball. The Danville game? Uh, the Danville, yeah, the Danville game. University of Kentucky was playing Duquesne. Drew Franklin was having his wedding. Matt Jones was there. Ryan Lemon was there. So I got the call-up. I got the late call-up. I felt like Jeff Saturday. <laughs> I got the late call-up. Hey, Max, you got to do the basketball post-game show. I was like, all right, bring it on. Let's do it. Everyone thinks I don't know basketball. I'm going to do my best. I, I grew up playing nothing but basketball. So I was like, I love this sport. Let's go do it. So I'm walking down. So it's it's in it's on Main Street, basically, the studios, iHeart Studios. We go down there, walk there. I send a message. Hey, uh, I'm here. Can you let me in to Billy Rutledge? Thought he was going to be the one. Get the message back. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. There you go. Double T. Just said I Double did well. T. I appreciate that. Um, Send Billy a message. Hey, Billy, I'm here. Can you come get me? I won't be coming to get you, but Dick Gabriel will meet you down the bottom to open the door for you to get you in. Our man, Dick, just opening doors for people, Miles. And he said, he gave me a little uh, extra as we as he opened the door. He said, haven't seen you in a while and you haven't been on the show. I'll be sure to get you on the show this week. So Dick Gabriel, our man, we love Dick on this show. Big fan of Dick. We can't get enough Dick on this show. Love him, and I can't wait to be on that, Miles. That's exciting for you this week. I haven't seen him. The last thing I feel like we talked about him was uh, the the outfit that he had, the pants. Yes. Whatever yes, pants you want. He unfortunately wasn't wearing those. He wasn't looking as good as he was that day when he wore the parachute pants. Um, but he was looking mighty fine. He's always got the little point in the wink. I love Dick. So, anyways, we have a segment, the Dick Gabriel segment on this show. He is a hard-hitting journalist. This is a hard-hitting question. You were given one question. It used to be Brent. Brent is no longer. You were given one question to ask as hard a question as you want. It is the Dick Gabriel segment, Miles. Go ahead. 
You are on death row. You get an entree, a dessert, a beverage, and the company of one person for your final meal. What do you choose? Wow. <sighs> okay. Entree, I'm going with I'm Australian. We eat a lot of lamb in Australia. I'm going to go lamb. Dessert, I'm skipping. I don't care about dessert. It doesn't, I don't like sugary stuff. I don't like sweet stuff. I'm just going to skip that. The lamb will be, give me all the lamb I can have. You don't get to double up on something else. Roast veggies and things like that. I'll just stick with that. Maybe for dessert, I'll tell you what, I'll switch it up. This is not a usual dessert. I'll go like a charcuterie board. That's and, not a dessert. Uh, it is for me. <laughs> and because I'm partnering it with just probably the greatest red wine I can get my hands on. And if I'm on death row, I'm sorry, death row, whoever's going to put me on the electric chair, I'm already going to be dead from drinking that much red wine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're going to find me already dead because if I'm going out, I'm going out with red wine. I'm not getting electrocuted or firing squad. The one person I would have, ooh, Dick would be close. Stoops would be up there. Yourself would be. Yourself would be up there. Wow. Um, I would say, do you want the soft answer or would you like the funny answer? Well, this is the Dick Gabriel answer. I want the hard answer. I would say if he's still alive once I commit this crime, I'll get John Duffy and me and him, my dad, we can share some wines and he'll tell me how useless I've been for my entire life and that I need to get a real job. And we'll sit down and he can talk to me about his trips to Vietnam and what's wrong with football and all those kind of things. What about you? <laughs> John Duffy for the final meal. You'd want like a sentimental moment too. He would not give that to you. No, There's no, no chance. He'd almost clap me as I was exiting. Yeah, it'd be like, it's honestly good that they're off and you now. You deserve it for whatever you've done, regardless <laughs> of the crime. Um, I'd go shrimp and grits. Okay. I'd go key lime pie. I just go a Coke for the drink, just one can cold of Coke. Okay. And then, hmm, I mean, I was going to say my dad. That's a pretty easy answer, though. Uh, I'll go my dad. I'll go my dad. That's wow. a pretty easy one. Big dad. Both, both very soft with the dads there, really, aren't we? Should we commit a crime together wait, and then wait, actually wait, get this to happen? Wait, wait, wait. I just, something just computed. You're saying if there was one drink in the entire world, and you're about to die, so yeah. it would be the last one. You just one can of Coke. Just Coke, yeah. Is your mom listening or something? I know I would not go diet because it doesn't matter if I'm putting the calories on. I'd go Coke. I would. Is I would you, actually go Coke. Is Lori Butler listening right now? What's I, going I'm on? telling you, I'm not trying to cop out with no alcohol. It doesn't matter. You're going to be dead. I'd go Coke. I would go with something very quickly as well. Actually, I'll change my answer if it was a joke. I would have my dinner with God. I know he's omnipresent, but I want to see him in the flesh so then I know for sure where I'm going once this. And now I know I'm going down, but I want to know if I'm actually going down, down, or if I'm just going buried in the ground. That's what I, that's my guy. I mean, that's an interesting choice at the end. Based on your crime, you may be done anyways. Yeah, well, you're, probably, you're probably already done by now anyways. But yeah, that crime would probably seal your fate. He'd probably decline the invitation, I would have thought. Yeah, he wouldn't RSVP that one, no. He, he would not, I don't think. All right, that's a good one. Hey, uh, talking about accountability, which we did, if we're yep. going to talk and ask for accountability out of everyone else, Miles, what does that mean? We've got to look in the mirror. We've got we to look in the mirror and have accountability on ourselves. 
does I'll ask you some very, very simple questions here that you need to answer. Do, if you choose someone money line to win head to head, does it matter if they get close? No, nah, it, it does. They don't pay it out if you lose by a point. They do not. Does, does FanDuel say here's some money for getting close? Yeah, they, they don't refund the ticket. They don't does pay it. They actually keep all of it. They keep does everything. DraftKings say here's some money. You were, you know, only five points off. See, that's the thing. And I think people today will be wondering, was Charles Walker on the show earlier this week? Where is he at today? He hit us today with the, our big dogs are terrible. You said that. He said, yeah, mine. Ole Miss was close, though. He has been banned from the show for a week for that. We don't yeah. care about close. It's actually funny to the people listening because our two, uh, our former guest, or well, I wouldn't say guest, our former co-host that uh, forgot to bring the gear each week, and then our new co-host are both at Lambeau Field today watching the Packers. I'm not sure if Brent found out that um, uh, that Chuck was going there and he's just going to murder him. I'd like to know why Brent is at Lambeau because he had never told us that was his plans. Maybe he's just having a vacation now. His weekends are freed up a little bit, Miles. But I'm very worried that Chuck's not going to make it back. Well, yeah, we, we gave him the big severance package on the way out for him being relieved of his duties. And so he's definitely on a vacation for a while. He may retire after what we paid him. <laughs> um, okay. As we were saying, the mirror is up, Miles. I chose possibly the worst pick of all time. It was the Battle of Florida, Florida International versus Florida Atlantic. I'm very sorry to everyone that takes our parlays that we hand out because we started off the season so well. We we're actually a little bit like Kentucky. Started off the season super promising. We had multiple weeks where we went three from three. And this week, Miles, an absolute disaster. You had I, I had uh, Charlotte. Tristan Yeomans is Charlotte 49ers who lost by 10. I'm double-checking this right now, but I think what I'm saying is going to be true. Uh, I think you picked the biggest loser of the week. Like, as in the team that lost by the most points. You couldn't have been farther away from getting it right. I was actually spot on, though. And I, you know I love having accountability without actually having accountability. I said that they're the worst team in college football, Florida International. And the fact that they were that close on the spread and that they'd actually won some games meant that they had to win. No, I was right. They are the worst team in college football by so far. It's not even funny. 52 to 7. That was your final. Yeah. 52 to 7. Can I say in conjunction, uh, uh, yeah, it was a, it was, no, it was 59 to 7, was it not? And this says 52. Okay. To 7. Well, I'm not, not 10, not 14, not 53. They scored 7. I'm not going to argue with ESPN there. Okay. Um, let's just give a little funny story here as well, because I think we've told it once or twice, but um, for the, those that haven't, People calling for now, whether Scangarello stays or not goes, who knows? That's not up to us. Uh, I, personally, I'd just like to see him improve on what he's done and maybe, you know, in the offseason and that. You know, I'm sure he's going to recruit a very, very good quarterback. Um, and I'm sure he will improve the things that he was deficiencies. This is his first goal at being an OC miles. Now, I know it's a cutthroat business, but I'd like to see him stay. But the last time we fired an offensive coordinator, firstly, I'd like to say caveat, Eddie Grant when he didn't have a QB, still found a way to get things done. That is number one, because I love Eddie, so I'm always going to say nice things about him. But when we got rid of him, we brought in the big dog at OC. We brought in Vince Marrow, and we took down NC State by two points in a bowl game, tightly 
contested bowl game. But here is a very, very funny story, and people have been saying it on Twitter. Everyone's calling for Scangarello to go. So you'd bring in Vince as the OC, right, because he's one from one in bowl games as an offensive coordinator. When he called that game against NC State, and I'm sure he'll laugh about this, when he called that game, we ran 37 run plays to the left in a row because he didn't know you had to change one of the words in the call to run the ball to the right. (laughs) And the O-line started laughing every time the call came in and Chris was laughing, everyone involved was laughing. And even their defense kept saying to our O-line after talking to some of the former O-linemen, are you guys ever going to run the ball to the right? Like, is this a joke? Like, what's going on here? Because they were like, well, they've run 10 plays to the left. Surely it's coming to the right. No. They've run 15. Uh, Let's overload this right-hand side. No. They've run 20. No. 25. uh Uh-uh. 37 miles. Did he ever figure it out? Apparently he did it like, I want to say like three-quarter time. Luke Luke Fortner texted me about it again today. Because he, he saw a tweet about... Talk um, about a setup, though, for that switch to the run to the right. Like, what an absolute play action, like, wide open. They would never see it coming the opposite direction. Yeah. As we you'd, think always, at some point, you'd think at some point they would almost just put all 11 on that side of the field and say, we're going to make you go the other way. I was going to say, we always say, like, the funniest thing to do would be tell the, the other team exactly what you're going to do every single play and see if they blink or not. And yeah. just do it. Yeah. Like, just, seriously, we're going to go flea flicker every single play. Yeah. So, good luck. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, have you got anything else for us today, Miles? It's a bit of a downer day. Would you I like still... to give your finishing thoughts? Give what? Give, you, give us your finishing thoughts. I think for the rest of this season, obviously Georgia doesn't look great, but we've got Louisville still left, who I think we will beat. I think we will win the ball game because Stooge is unbelievable in ball games. I think the year can still end somewhat better. And I think you've got a lot of talent coming back, hopefully, with some of the young studs. I don't think it's an implosion and clear the whole staff and start from the ground again. I just think it's been a really disappointing season. But, I mean, it, that, it happens like it does happen. And it is what it is. Yeah, and like that person, Cash Racing, just said, Stoops ain't going nowhere. He needs to look at his staff's problems. Though, Colin just said players need to concentrate and focus more. Again, I think all these are fixable if we have a good... Uh, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Happy Butter's Blast. What did it I say? I think my wife, Jamie, gets weak in the knees when she hears Max's voice, but it's okay. I completely understand. Is that because he also gets weak in the knees, you think? I don't know, but Happy Butter's Blast. If you ever want some you know, vocal lessons, I could try and teach you how to speak Australian. <laughs> um, look... All the problems from this week are fixable, but it's going to take time. I think it's going to take a lot of looking in the mirror from everyone, particularly, obviously, the staff, but then the players as well. How, how do we want to get better and how do we get better? I think the fix is, Miles, just ability to communicate better and, and look, learn how people learn. I don't think that there's – I think we've got the X's and O's guys. We've got lots of NFL-style guys in that room. I think that we know the scheme. We've got good ideas. It's then, how do you get those ideas and put them out there on the field on Saturday? Ability to communicate, ability to teach these kids how to do it. Because you're working, you're not working with professionals. You're not working with elite athletes that have to put food on the table and are striving for every check. These guys get given their check. They're trying to study at the same time. They've also got all the things that 18 to 22-year-old, well, I must admit, I still go through them at 30. But all the things that 18 to 22-year-old guys go through. There's so much on their plate. They just need to have effective communication. I think that that'll be looked at. I'm, Stoops already said, 
in his press uh, post-game press conference. I haven't found a way to get through to these guys yet, or effectively enough, I think he said, so far this season. So he's, I mean, he's already he's already said it, and it's a point. You've got to find a way to communicate your ideas so then they're not just ideas. So then they become fruition on Saturdays. I mean, look around college football. You've got Texas A&M right now. Jimbo Fisher's won a national championship. He's got arguably probably a top three talent-wise team in the country, and they're obviously not performing well. It's there's something going on, not just here, but across college football of teams that are getting guys, but maybe the way to communicate is changing. You even said that earlier with uh, Coach Saban, that maybe what they've done before isn't working now. It'll be a really big testament the rest of this year and next year is can Stoops and the staff pivot or is it going to continue to be what it's been this year, which is obviously not good enough. And it's the SEC miles. And as much as we as much as we loved it, it's tough to win games, but it's also very cutthroat. You ain't getting the job done. You normally find yourself out the door very, very fast. It's going to be interesting to see what changes we do make, if any, personnel-wise. Um, but, hey, it's been good. Can I say very quickly to the people listening, if you want us to be good and continue to be good and continue to push the bar and try and push for this SEC championship game, then when these announcements come out, if you're listening to it on podcast then probably today, if you're, li- if you're watching us live right now, then tomorrow, get behind these NIL initiatives. Get behind everything you can. If you've got any money to spare, get behind it because we need every cent. We need every bit of support that we can. If we want to keep bringing in the Barry and Browns, the Dane Keys, the Will Levises of the world, we're gonna, the, the, the matter of the fact is we're just going to have to pay them and we have to pay them enough and we have to pay them similar to what everyone else is paying. So we need to try and get this money. Uh, so jump on board. I, I would pay $25 a month to see us win football games. I would pay 50. I'd pay whatever I could spare to see us win football games. So if you love the football team and you want to see us good, so we don't have to have podcasts like we did today, Miles, where we just rant and rave and talk about how bad the team is, then dig deep and hopefully it works out. Miles? No, I agree. It'll be the, the next few days with that whole collective, and I don't know exactly what they're announcing, but... Um, it's a very pivotal moment in the program, that's for sure, in more ways than one. And, hey, he's always found a way to get things done. He's been here for 10 years for a reason. It's definitely not getting stale. It's not at that point. It's definitely not at the point where it's like, let's make sweeping changes. But it is a good there is a good point that when you get a bit complacent on things and when the standards start to drop, then, you know, it's a good kick up the backside to, hey, let's get back on track. And hopefully this does, does set us up for – hopefully the rest of the year, and we'll see an awesome attitude and effort against Georgia, but then also for the years to come. I think it's a good reminder that, hey, when, you, when you're winning games and everything, you can't just look over the things that you weren't when you were losing them. No better stage than this week for them as well. I know that sounds crazy, but if they come out, I don't think anyone expects us to win, but if we come out and keep it competitive for you know three quarters and lose 31-24 or 31-21, something like that where it's a good game, I think you can get the fan base back in a positive mood. Yeah, and not and then, and to a further point, not even the score doesn't matter to me. We no, just need to come no. out and run around and play with effort and energy, yeah. make some big hits, make some big plays. And Chris yesterday almost put us on his back. I just want to do thirty seconds of that quickly because we love him. Put the team on his back for a little bit and said, "If you guys don't want to do it, I tell you what, I'll just do it myself." At one point, we were starting the drive when we were down, and I said, "It's." I put out a tweet. It's going to be Chris versus eleven Vanderbilt defenders right now because. You could just tell no one else was doing anything. We were just going to hand the ball off to him for the entire drive and see if he could will us across the line because he was running through not one, not two, not three, not four, but like five defenders at a time, just absolutely crashing through, refused to go down. 
And then we hand him off the ball after the tweet, Miles, 72-yard touchdown straight away. Unbelievable. Everyone. Like, and obviously he's not going to get much credit because that's not going to be the talking point from the game, from the fans or from the media. But it was actually one of his best games, I think, as a Wildcat. Oh. In a sneaky loss. When the chips are down, the guys that stand up, they're the ones with the true character. They're the ones we love. He, I think defense had a struggle for the first time, but he was the one, Miles. He's the one that stood up and just said, you know what? There's no excuses. I'm not pointing the finger. Just give me the ball and then we'll see what happens. I look forward to him hopefully breaking the record. We love Benny, but I'd love to see Chris break this record. How close is he? He is. He had 160. I believe he needed 470 yards with four games left. I think he had 160. So I think he's about, now I might be wrong. I think he's about 300 or 400 off breaking it. It's going to be tough this week. He only had seven yards against Georgia last year. Um, but Louisville and bowl game, hopefully he'll have 100 plus. If he has 100 plus in one more game for the season, he breaks Benny's record of 100 plus games. Wow. Yeah. He's got a lot to play for left. I know that's a selfish thing to say, but what a way to cement your legacy on the way out in the last few games with, with that kind of a record. Yeah. And that's, and again, we said at the very top, you get your pats on the back when you deserve it. We're giving him the pat on the back, but then you get your criticism when you deserve it too. Miles, hopefully we will be happier next week. It hasn't been the greatest show to do. There hasn't been as many laughs as usual, um, but that's where we're at, unfortunately, as a program and as a podcast. Hopefully next week we'll be smiling. I'm not sure we'll get the win, but we might be smiling. We will see you on Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. for our pre-Georgia show to break down the, the dogs. And uh, besides that, anything else, Miles? I'm excited. 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you then to break down the dogs. Thank you very much. It's been good. It hasn't been great today. Not been great. I will be in Lexington this weekend, by the way. Wow. Not that anybody else cares, but I will be there. If you're looking to hang out with Miles, make sure you make your way to Lexington. Thank you very much, Miles. As always, it's been good. We'll have Chuck probably back on Thursday night if he survives Brent attempting to assassinate him at Lambeau Field. Hopefully he's not on a dinner date this time. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.